Look, uh, cast your mind back a couple of days where we had the New South Wales Minister for Western Sydney and member for Penrith, Stuart Ayres, rejecting the idea that we live in a two-tiered city. Now, according to some in opposition, the minister's statement was offensive and laughable. They say, in reality, it's grossly untrue and they will not let the government get away with their relentless attack on Western Sydney. All right. Uh, Greg Warren, member for Campbelltown. Hello, Greg. G'day, Marcus. How are you, mate? All right. Uh, you don't have any sunshine down there in MacArthurland, do you? <laughs> yeah, well, mate, um, <clears throat> the sun always shines down here, so... Oh, um, <laughs> very good. Very good. All right, yeah. let's, let's get into the nitty-gritty. You say the facts are the Chief Health Officer recommended harsh restrictions be placed on all of Greater Sydney, yet the government dismissed that advice and instead targeted 12 local government areas in Western Sydney instead. And you are, the, of course, the <coughs> Shadow Minister for <coughs> Western Sydney, and you're upset by this. Yeah, I think it's grossly unfair, Marcus. I mean, look, we all want to make sure that there is uh, provisions of public safety in place, particularly during a pandemic. Um, but there has to be an equitable approach when we have these uh, recommendations and gets what's been installed. What we now know is the expert advice uh, was not consistent with the provisions that were put in place by the government. So um, that had a serious social and economic effect on, on families and businesses right across western, southwestern Sydney. I mean, we lost 80,000 jobs across the West and South West. That's, that's 80,000 livelihoods. That is an enormous number based on a decision which the government still denies and just can't simply explain. But what about those who say, look, unfortunately, that was the case. We've now moved on and, and, uh, and things are slowly <coughs> returning to normal. We're reaching a vaccination rate where we can all get back to business uh, does that cut the mustard for you? I mean, in other words, what they're saying again is that it's more whinging and complaining by Labor in New South Wales and it's of no substance. Yeah, no, and I get that. I mean, in reality, Marcus, um, yeah, we are getting back to normal. That's a good thing. We're seeing restrictions reduced and we're getting back to normality. But, but the other also reality, mate, is that this seriously affected people's livelihoods. I know people who have shut the doors on their businesses. I know people who have lost their jobs. They've lost their livelihoods. Um, there has been serious consequences. So I believe any government who makes a decision needs to um, substantiate that decision and, of course, be made accountable for it particularly when there's serious consequences like the decisions this government made to divide our city in two, which was not consistent with the health advice at that time. All right. I will speak next week with the Minister for Local Government, Shelley Hancock, as we lead into December the 4th, of course, uh, the local government elections. Now, I've got a, a press release here from you saying that voters have been blindsided by the government's council election mess. Uh, you're condemning the state government for using the pandemic to compromise the democratic right of voters to make educated and informed decisions. What do you mean by that? Well, at the end of the day, these uh, the bill that came before the House was to ensure that in, where there was a an outbreak uh, in local wards, local government areas or suburbs, then there were there were means to have a response to ensure public safety. Now, we we of course support public safety, but in reality, I mean, people aren't even getting how to vote. They have to stand a hundred metres away 
from um, an entrance to a polling booth. And, it, and, and in reality, we need to make sure that people, uh, when they go and vote for their local representatives, are as best informed as they possibly can be. But they simply can't if they don't even have a how to vote and don't even know how they're voting. So if you can go to the footy or, you know, or go and dance in a nightclub, that's fine. But yeah. in reality, people can't go and even get a how to vote or talk to the people that they're looking to have elected in their local their local council. So I don't I quite really understand think- this. So in other words, there's a 100-metre barrier between candidates and volunteers handing out how-to-vote leaflets and polling places. Um, yeah. You're right when you when you think about it. If we can go to a night, we can you know, we can go to the Macarthur Tavern this weekend and have a dance and a drink and all the rest of it and chat to to people. Mm. Uh, but what? A week later or so, um, you can't have people who are you know wanting to represent their communities and they've you know obviously gone through the hard work of of yeah. getting out and about and pressing the flesh and they want to make a difference and get into public life, but they. Yes. You, they're on polling day. They're actually, but that's not happening today, right now. I mean, I know candidates who are out walking the streets up in the hills and elsewhere who are talking to constituents. What's the difference between now and on Saturday week? Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, look, and I will give credit to the minister. Um, there was much negotiations, uh, and we always said we work with the government in the interest of public health and safety. Um, but um, given the re- the the reduction of restrictions um, and we haven't seen any outbreaks. Look, I just think it's time to mm-hmm. revisit this. We've still got a couple of weeks to go, yeah. but the government can 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 relook at this and then put provisions in place so that people can make the most conscious decision that they can, and but importantly, the most informed decision. Yeah. Now, what are you hearing um, from candidates on the ground? I mean, keeping it um, as as you know, playing a straight bat keeping it as apolitical as as possible. What are you hearing yeah. from candidates from all parties on the ground in these local elections? How have they responded to this 100-metre rule? Oh, well, to quote one of the candidates I spoke to yesterday, it's a, a, it's a bloody mess. Okay. Um, it, it is so much confusion. Uh, and, and look, as shadow local government minister, um, I don't take a partisan approach. I, I talk to all councillors, no matter whether they're Liberal, Labor, Independent, Green, doesn't matter to me. Um, my role is to engage and consult with with our local government sector. That includes uh, everyone from any political party. But but long story short, there's so much confusion, uh, inadequate resourcing, and and they're deeply concerned. Which I, I certainly understand that that they don't know if their voters actually know who they're voting for and the reasons why. So okay. the fear we have is we may get um, people going to vote something that they're not clear themselves. All right, mate. Good to chat as always. We will uh, catch up again soon. Thank you. No worries, Marcus. Always appreciate it.